When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Our supercars legend Greg Murphy has decided to join the SCNZ family. Uh, we are the lucky ones for that. The four-time Bathurst winner will team up with Stephen McIver every Thursday night from 7 till 9 to bring you race control and uh, Murph has uh, been good enough to give us some of his time this morning and I, I just wonder Murph uh, what are you looking forward to about uh, looking- it won't be MacIver but uh, in terms of bringing us that yeah, news oh mate I, I think uh, just being able to go a little bit more in depth on um, on the sport that uh, I love and, and MacIver's growing, growing to love and, and you know get uh, different um, perspectives from experts and other people around the world, drivers, and and uh, talk all motorsport uh, in, in depth, you know. I mean, I, I, I enjoy all motorsport all the way through from rallying, motorbikes, Formula One, you know, Indy cars, supercars. It's it's um, it's all intriguing at the moment. There's plenty going on. And, and I think, um, you know, we've got so many fans in New Zealand that uh, love the sport and, and want to engage more about it, mate. So this gives us the opportunity to, on a pretty good time frame to, to be able to do it. So I'm, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Exciting news coming through, Murph, um, in terms of uh, Bathurst and, and a very full program, which apparently has just been finalised. Been finalised. Yeah, I just actually caught up with that myself, mate. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a coup really because it, it's ended up having um, you know sort of a couple of championships come together. Um, so another championship, the uh, the TCR championship, which is one which is run by a, a completely separate group organisation, which has a bunch of support categories. Um, you know, supercars and, and ARG, the other group have have come together and realised that the sport needs to be put first in this case, and and both series are struggling to be able to operate at the moment under all the COVID issues so they've they've come together and formed a festival which is going to operate um, towards the end of, I think it's the 30th of November through to the 5th of December at uh, Bathurst, um, 10 categories over 6 days and uh, hailing it as a you know a festival and a, and, a, and a major thing obviously for the fans so um, it's been pushed out, Bathurst 1000 has been pushed out again to December um, which is interesting. It's never been run in December before, obviously, and and so that's pretty pretty awesome uh, that they've you know committed to it. New South Wales government are, are working towards you know creating um, you know certain protocols and space around the COVID situation. So hopefully have crowd there and and celebrate the end of the year with uh, a, sort of a, a monstrosity of of uh, motorsport at uh, at the mountain. So yeah, fingers crossed it all from here on goes towards some sort of plan and and it all uh, goes ahead smoothly. 
Oh, I try. I would imagine, Murph, that you'd be desperately keen to be part of it, but um, still, we've got these issues about getting home. So, is it still just a dream for you, or a, a, a pipe dream sort of a thing, and not a reality? Reality, mate. I think I think there's a tiny, tiny little candlelight at the end of a tunnel at the moment. Um, still, sort of just burning, but. You know, it, it's still going to be tough. I, I mean, we do have a little bit more time, and obviously what happens in Auckland in the, the next couple of weeks is, is going to be uh, a big part of what we can do moving forward if we are allowed to have some sort of home quarantine, um, home isolation situation uh, coming back from Australia, something like that, with full vaccination, which I'm about to do now, um, then maybe maybe it's going to be possible. But... But, you know, I'm not, there's no chance of getting through the MIQ process and, and getting a spot and having it on the right time and to make that happen. And, and to be honest, mate, I can't, I can't justify sitting in, in, a, in a hotel for two weeks um, just to be over there for a few days doing that event. I mean, I, I really want to be there. It's, it, it will be awesome. And, and if the wild card for me and Richie Stanaway can't happen this year, then we will just work towards maybe trying to do it next year. But, um, yeah, it's, it's still a little bit uh, early to make the, the call on it. Um, fingers crossed. In terms of the title, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, has he basically got it wrapped up? I, I think so from here. I mean, what a challenge for all those guys. Um, you know, the, the rhythm has gone again for them all, and I think that probably does pay and work into the favour of Shane more so uh, when they do get back into action, which hopefully is going to be next month. They're looking at having a couple of back to uh, sort of uh, double headers, uh, one in Queensland. Um, and then one in uh, in Sydney and New South Wales towards the end of November before they go to Bathurst. So sort of four more uh, uh, sort of normal races and then the finale at, at the 1000. But, you know, I think, as I say, I think it'll work in his favour a little bit more, the, this big gap and the fact that a lot of teams and drivers will lose, lose that rhythm. He'll fall back into strength uh, very, very quickly. Um, so I would say so. I, I'm just hopeful that they get to have you know, um, a decent run to the finish um, again after mm. after such a, you know, struggled season. Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver have uh, got a show here on SENZ 7 till 9, folks. It's called Race Control. I'll be crossing the whole motor racing spectrum as they look at events uh, coming up and, and those that have just been. I, I want to talk a, a little bit now, Murphy, if we can, about Formula One. Uh, we saw a McLaren 1-2 finish at Monza. Um, can you remember the last time that happened? Uh, a one-two was. I, I think I saw the statistic on that one the other day. It was 2010, so 11 years ago. They haven't won a race since 2012. Um, just a monumental sort of shift uh, and change, and, and awesome for McLaren to finally get back into that, that winner's rostrum. Um, you know, with such a connection with New Zealand and, and so many people and fans over here. You know, still supporting McLaren Formula One uh, to see Danny Ricardo, who is just an absolute legend of a of a bloke and such a decent human and and someone that I think people love to see winning and, and having success uh, to see him stand on top of that step and top step and do the shoey and celebrate um, was a was a massive milestone for the, the sport McLaren and also for Daniel Ricardo. So uh, yeah, and he was out front. I mean, at the end of the day, there was no question about. You know, I think the deserved victory there. Um, he was uh, off the front row, managed to get the lead, was pretty comfortable at the front. So, you know, all the drama that was going on behind, um, you know, I think he had it under control. And I don't think, regardless of uh, 
the, the crash with Verstappen and Hamilton, I don't, I don't think that was going to affect it. I think he was going to win that race. Uh, they're saying that that halo system potentially saved Hamilton's life. Uh, tell us a wee bit about that, and would you agree with that? Listen, it's it, it always hard to say. They love to sensationalise those things, and, and Lewis has jumped on that bandwagon, um, as he does, um, uh, pretty quickly. There's potential that it did. Um, uh, uncertain, because you don't know uh, unless it wasn't there. But definitely, it probably did change the outcome, I would say. And it's interesting, because I, I was never really a big fan of that whole halo thing, but it has actually, by the you know, potentially had a couple of circumstances, and this is the latest one where uh, it may have changed the outcome uh, for a driver in one of those cars. And, um, you know, it, it's there to stay, and, and uh, we've all got used to it now, and there's no more chat about it, and it, and it has been a positive addition as far as safety goes. So it was a very interesting scenario, an interesting crash, and, and um, but I think it's what is great about it is we've got these rivalries building, and so for the sport, it's absolutely awesome to have, um, you know, two unbelievably good drivers, one who is probably the greatest of all time and, and one that's uh, potentially going to grab that mantle from Hamilton in the future, battling it out the way they are. And, um, you know, there's clearly a bit of angst between the teams and the drivers, and that's sensational for the sport. Um, it's just, you know, we, we need to have that, uh, that bit of sensationalism and, and controversy going on, and it it's, uh, creates, creates good chat. Murph, let's uh, pop across if we can to IndyCar because, of course, we've got uh, tremendous Kiwi interest in that. Now, Alex uh, Pillow was uh, the winner at the weekend. He sits on 477 points, so he's got a handy lead over Scott Dixon, their teammate. So uh, I guess you've got to ask the question, uh, will Scott Dixon, could he, could he bridge the gap or will he be allowed to in terms of team protocols? How do you see that shaping up? Oh, that's, an, that's open. I mean, uh, Chip Ganassi won't uh, put a restriction on that until, until you know, very late in the piece when it's, it's you know, uh, when, it, when it's a, a lose-lose situation for the team. And at the moment, it's, it's not near that. I think Alex Palau is, uh, you know, very much a future of the sport. Um, Dixon is a wily fox, and you never, ever discount him until the bitter end. Um, he's managed to win championships right at the end before and come on strong at the end. His, you know, his statistics and success are, are just incredible. So, yeah, Ganassi's in a pretty amazing position right now. Um, you know, he's got the, the greatest, almost, uh, in Scott Dixon. And then, you know, again, the future coming through as well, signed up on the, uh, for the Ganassi team. So it's, it's been an amazing championship, so incredibly competitive. Um, you know, and we've, you know, obviously Scott McLaughlin's in there too, uh, finding it. You know, such a challenge because of how competitive it is at the moment in that that series. So it's been a, a, an awesome series to watch, and they've got a couple of rounds left. Uh, Long Beach coming up in a couple of weeks, which is always a mm. a pretty um, uh, momentous occasion for IndyCar. Yeah, Laguna Seca this weekend as well. So uh, having had just had a fortnight off and got back into it at Portland. So uh, McLaughlin currently sits at thirteenth, uh, two hundred sixty-eight points. Uh, some good finishes would see him into the top 10, which would be an amazing first year. Would, would that give him a Rookie of the Year type award? award? Yeah, he, yeah, he's leading, though, that um, that situation at the moment. Uh, sort of his challenges there haven't done the full... Uh, some of them haven't done the full season. Uh, Romain Grosjean, who's, uh, been, who's come in there after finishing his Formula 1 career, um, hasn't been doing the ovals. He's done one oval, whereas uh, Scott's been doing the full season. So he, he is doing incredibly well. For someone that, you know, hasn't got a, a single-seater background, um, you know, his 
his results and where he's been, how he's been managing that whole process is, you know, I think it's just been spectacular. Um, he wants more and he wants to be better. But, um, you know, when you consider who he's up against and their experience and, you know, he's learning all these tracks and bits and pieces, it's, uh, it's, I think he should be very proud of what he's achieved. Murph, just to, to finish on, on um, a slightly more personal tastes watch, what, what's your preferred watch in terms of motor racing now? Is it, is it still with, you know, the supercars, et cetera, because you know so many of the people, you know what the, the, the tracks, et cetera. Is that your preferred watch or uh, do you branch out a wee bit wider? Uh, no, I definitely branch out. I, I, I'll be completely honest at the moment. I'm, I'm transfixed with IndyCar because it is uh, the challenges there are just phenomenal, and how close that series is. But I honestly can't get enough of MotoGP. MotoGP, uh, the Dorna who run that series have just got the best set of regulations for motorsports out of I think out of pretty much nearly any sport that uh, there exists because it's creating so many different winners. Uh, different podiums pretty much every week um, and just uh, you know, the most, the close very, the closeness of MotoGP um, is just phenomenal and the racing with those guys doing what they do on those motorbikes is just staggering I mean, um, you know, Mark Marquez has had a had a, a struggle over since he got injured last year and, and but he rode on the weekend one of the most incredible rides at Aragon uh, to finish second to um, uh, Pico Bagnaia who's, who had his first win ever on a MotoGP bike for Ducati and it was just just phenomenal to watch two blokes absolutely at the, at the height of their careers um, you know, doing what they were doing on motorcycles, sometimes up to 340 kilometres an hour. You know, so I, I'm a big fan of that and I appreciate their skill level. But, you know, there's so much good stuff going on in, at the moment in the world of motorsport. Are you a car collector or a memorabilia collector, mate? No, not, I, I would be a car collector if I could um, justify and, 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 you know, talk the uh, the good wife into letting me do it but um, I've got a couple of cars but and, and I'm not a memorabilia collector actually um, I've got a few models and bits and pieces of special cars and I've got a you know a bit of a collection of all my cars um, in the smaller model form um, but uh, mm. um, you know I do enjoy cars and I love understanding and reading and learning and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah I haven't got a haven't got a, a full of them unfortunately Okay, Murph, uh, thanks very much for your time this morning. Uh, that's 7 to 9, uh, Thursday nights with Stephen McIver, uh, when uh, they will take a look at, at everything in terms of motor racing. we just got a great, uh, a great round-up from Murph there, personally anyway. So, uh, Murph, uh, thanks so much for that. I uh, look forward to listening to that show tomorrow night.